0: This is episode 175 of the Church Venture Northwest podcast. We're continuing the 2010 Winter Youth Celebration transformation. This is session four with Sean Garman. I'm so upset right now. No, I mean, God answered Dango's prayer about having full sleeves and I don't have full sleeves yet. You guys don't even feel sorry for me or get a joke. I was just joking, all right? It's cool. Oh, it's okay. You didn't recognize me without my Dodger hat. So a Braves guy uh, came up to me last night, and he's like, do you really like the Dodgers? Um, I said, yeah. But I'll take the hat off for you. That's okay. Hey, can we start by praying? Will you dunk your heads with me? Lord God, we just... Thank you so much for the time that we're having, the time that you preordained and that you brought us here. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would unleash your way, that it would be you, that you would quicken our hearts, that you would um, bring forth the truth, that it would be abounding, that it would be beautiful, that there would be a, uh, a beautiful vision of Jesus. And Jesus, we just ask that we can see you more clearly tonight. I pray that, that uh, as the word is read, as it's received, that we would uh, come into communion with you. Just thank you so much, God, for how much you love us. And uh, like we were talking about yesterday, as you bring us from, from death to life, your power, the power of the gospel. And so, Lord, just as we come together, Lord, I just ask that we would just take a time out right now just in this prayer, that it's already been a busy couple days, and that we would just, again, open our hearts, open our hands to to receive what you have for us. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you in advance for what you're doing in our lives and what we get to walk into. We love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, I just wanted to say... uh, Yesterday, sometimes after I'm done speaking, I, I get a little tired, and uh, I like to just retreat. It's kind of draining at times. But yesterday, I went into the cafe last night after our session, and a bunch of you came up and started talking to me and my, my broskies. And, um, and my sons were there, and my friend Dom was there. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for you sharing it's really no fun if uh, we just get up here and we share. And sometimes it even feels weird to be a speaker because it's like blah, 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 blah. And you're wondering what's going on and what God's doing in people's hearts. And, and uh, if, if what I heard last night is any indication of what God is doing in your hearts and in your youth groups and in your communities, um, you should be encouraged. The stories I heard were insane. It was amazing for people to come up and just share and uh, for us to receive that. And if if you were looking at that table from afar, you just saw me and my buddy with like big fat crazy grins. We we're just smiling and, and to be honest with you, we even uh, shed a few tears of just how beautiful it is uh, when when our lives, when we talk about what we have in common with Jesus. And to be honest with you, some of you came up with some real struggles and uh, I, just, I just want to encourage you to keep moving forward. And, uh, and I know that, that even Jesus isn't real in all of your lives. And so I just, if you do believe in Jesus and that you are following Jesus, I just ask for you guys to be praying for your friends. And I'm really stoked that for those of you who don't know Jesus yet, that you came here, that you're open to listening to that. And some of you even got dragged here. Some of you told me that your parents forced you to be here. And um, But it seems like God has a plan for you. We've been talking about that plan. We've been talking about gospel transformation. And I just wanted to remind you, yesterday we talked about gospel transformation is, is the first step is that dead trespassers, people that are dead in their sin, people that are in dispute with God, people that are trespassing against His kingdom, the clash of our kingdoms, people that are, that are stepping on, on His lordship when we try and lord our own lives. He takes us dead in our trespasses and our transgressions, and He picks us up and He gives us life, and we talked about that. And that's what people were talking about last night. People were stoked that they were alive in Christ. And the second thing we're going to talk about tonight is to say, okay, it's one thing to go from death to life, but what happens once you realize that you have life? What now? Oh, I have life in Christ. But tonight we're going to talk about rooting down and what does it mean to have an identity in Christ? Tomorrow... We're going to talk a little bit about our circumstances. And some of you have been writing your story. Caesar did a a killer job at teaching you how to, to see the story, the full story for what it is, and seeing who the real hero is. You've been working on that today. Tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit more about from death to life, and then having our identity in Christ. And then from there, talking about the circumstances, and why does God still allow these good and bad things to happen, even though we know him? And then from there, we're going to talk about our relationships with God and each other, and we're going to talk about community and what the gospel means and w- when Jesus is the center of that community, the center of our relationships. And then we're going to end, our last session is going to be about, since we know all of this and we've been filled and we have new identities and we have new relationships, that Jesus is governing, that Jesus is empowering. Then our last session is going to be about engaging in culture, as you heard Dango talk about what does it mean for him to go out into culture as a Christ follower? And what will it mean for you to be a missionary wherever you're at every day? But here's what I want you to hear tonight. If you don't listen to anything else, I want you to know what the process is supposed to be doing Because a lot of times we go, well, the process, yeah, okay, good, I've got life and I get it, I'm in Jesus and I get that all these things happen and I get it and I know that you want me to talk about Jesus. Do you wanna know why this time is called transformation? The gospel transformation is so that Jesus would be more further revealed in our lives, in our families, in our relationships, and in our culture. We're here because we want Jesus to be seen more. We want Jesus to be the star. We want Jesus to be famous. We want people to know about Jesus Christ. Sometimes we think we're here for us. We even look at our schedules and we're like, okay, what's next? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll bail on that. That's going to suck. Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm too tired. I'm going to take a nap after lunch, and then I'm going to do this. I'm only going to listen if he tells funny stories. I'm only listen if I can sit by that hot chick. If I can have the right seat in the gathering. If they can entertain me enough. And I want you to know that that you're here and I believe that God's called you here so that He can illuminate His Son in your life. And so I want to talk a little bit about that tonight as to what's going on in that. I want to start out with a little bit of a story to tell you. Um, How do people get their identities? If we say, okay, I've got my identity in Christ. Well, we see that flickering. You even heard it in Dango's story where he says, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a rip it up drummer. I go on the warp tour. So he's got that identity that the world knows him by, but he's also in Christ and that that identity flickers, what are some of the external temporary identities that you think that people that you know or yourself is formed by? Besides Christ, what are some other ways that people grab identity? I'll give you an example. I play sports because I can throw the pig skin. That's who I am. I'm a football player. An artist, I can do something, and and so that's who I am. I can write a song or I can paint something. That's my identity. That's what people think, right? What are some other ways that people identify with themselves? Girlfriend. Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend. Isn't she a trophy? Don't all of you wish she was your girlfriend? She's so killer, bro. That's my girlfriend. That's my boyfriend don't talk bad about him that way (laughs) money sometimes it's money what else friends how many Facebook friends do you have would you guys friend me by the way I want to be really popular We like that, we look at external things, but here's the deal, they're temporary. The truth is, is the girlfriend or boyfriend could break up with you, and therefore, is your identity gone? Sometimes we go, well, I work at this place. Dude, and I've even got a business card. I'm 17 and I got a business card. Boom, this is who I am. Deal with shift manager at take bell baby. (laughs) Deal with it, and you're like, I hope I never get canned. That's my identity. Everybody knows it. I throw a few uh, liquid tacos in for my buddies because I'm the shift manager. These temporary things, even for me to say I'm the father of seven kids, well, one of my children could pass away. Oh, that's my wife, and my identity is through her. Well, She could divorce me. We look at this world and these external things and we grab them and we put brands on us and we put uh, things and makeup and external things and we try and make up our identity. There's two guys in in my neighborhood. Remember Nopo? And over there in Nopo, five miles away, and two guys are walking in my neighborhood and they're wannabe crips. They want to be gangsters. We're laughing at them, right? And we'll, we'll probably laugh a little bit more as I tell the story. But you'll laugh at me as well because you'll see in the story that I'm a wannabe Christian in some ways. And I would say some of us are, are posers. You know what a poser is? Like in, when I grew up in Southern California, somebody that had surf stickers, listened to surf music, had a surfboard but couldn't surf but they dress the right way, they had the right sweatshirt. That's a poser, is somebody who wants to be something, and they're it on the outside, but they're not on it on the inside. And sometimes that's who we are. We can speak Christian language and jargonese and the Christianese language and know it really well and move in those circles, but on the inside, nothing's really happened yet. So here's the deal. I was over there in Nopo, and I'm driving my car. This is me driving my car. Why does everybody always do that? We don't drive straight in imaginary stories. So here's me driving the, the car. And uh, I come to a stop, and I'm down by the river, down by the river. And I'm going down the road, and uh, I go into this uh, this gravel road. And I come to this stop, and at the gravel road, there's a car in front of me. And I'm like, okay, already, let's go. And uh, I look in, at the car, and it's a Nova, like a 72 Nova, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's a pretty cool car, man. And I'm um, sitting there, stopped. <laughs> but anyway, he decides to go, vroom! So what happens with gravel when somebody goes, vroom! It goes, And It sounds like dango drumming on the front of my car, right? So it's like, pop, 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 And I'm like, oh, it's going to be like that today. Okay, and so I immediately look in the little rearview mirror that he's got, and I'm trying to look in his eyes. It's kind of hard looking through the window and everything, and I'm trying to look at his eyes, like, I'm like, dude. Then I looked over to the other mirror on the side mirror, and I got this much of a view, so, like, I'm looking at this of him, you know, and I'm like, Dude. Like, that sucked. That was uncool, dude. So I decided, I don't know why, this is crazy, I started to follow him. (laughs) Oh, don't act like you haven't done that. That's baloney. Dude, follow him. Follow him. Whatever. I started following him. Acting like you didn't. Okay, so I'm following him. And I go a few blocks, and I'm like, I'm following you. I'm not sure why. But I'm mad that you played drums with rocks on my car, and, uh, and it dawned on me to look beyond the driver. And I looked beyond the driver, and there was three other dudes in the car. It's called rolling four deep, okay? So they're rolling four deep. You guys are surprised I knew four deep, aren't you? But anyway, so four deep, and I'm just like, okay, I think it's time for me to stop following four guys. That could get out and beat me up, probably. So I'm like, okay, let it go. Just let it go. Do you hear that? Somebody not in Christ, not rooted, thinking that's my car, and that car is a part of my identity. I mean, it was a nice German Beamer. Had a good little paint job. Don't mess with my Beamer, dude me going in and out of identity and so I let it go because really the truth was it wasn't because I was like I'm going to step back into being Christ and having being secure in Christ I let it go because I thought they could beat me up it's not very noble two days later my daughter comes up to me and she goes hey dad I'm uh, I need to type up this report and the printer's not working can we go over to your office and print up this report I'm like sure so we get in the car and we go we're about five blocks from my house to the office and we're about two and a half blocks in and we're going up the street and you know what I see two guys walking towards us as I turn the corner and I see these two guys and I see this much of one guy and I'm like that looks very familiar I've seen you before And another bone had moved, don't know why I did it, hit the window, let the window down. In my neighborhood, like when you get into beef with somebody, a lot of times they'll go, like if you get in somebody's grill, they'll go, you don't know me, fool. You don't know me, what, what? You don't know me. And you're like, what, what? (laughs) And And so instead of him saying, you don't know me, fool, because I really wasn't quite sure if it was him, But I looked at him, and I was pretty sure that's the guy who spread my car. And I looked at him, I rolled the window down, and before he could say, you don't know me, fool, I go, I know you. (laughs) I see you. I don't know why I said that, but I was just like putting him on notice. And I go, I see you. And we went driving up to the office and we parked the car, and we went up the stairs, and I put my daughter by the window. I go, as I'm printing this for you, look out the window. See if they, like, sabotage the car. Two guys. One guy's like six, 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 seven, and the other guy, I'll call him Huey, and then there's Louie. He's probably five, six, so they got a good foot between them, and Huey and Louie are there, and I'm like, I see you, and they come back, and We're looking, uh, she's looking out the window, and she's like, I go, are they there? And she goes, no, they're not there. And I go, okay, I I think we're done here. And she goes, okay. So we go to go walking down the stairs of the building, and uh, my daughter's at the the door, so we come down these stairs, and just as she opens the door, she just screams. "Ah!" She's like 14. She goes, ah, dad! And I'm like... Why did I put her first? That wasn't very nice. And she goes, Dad. And I go between the door and her, and I run out, and I see the guy with a knife, and he stabs my second tire. So they're stabbing my tires. Well, I did like everybody else would do, and I ran after him. And so I went running after him, and we go around the corner, and I'm like, Hey, hi, and I grab him, and I'm like, not only do I see you I touch you (laughs) here we are and I go (laughs) and I I throw him and for some reason I go back and I get him again and I go what are you doing and the second time I go you have a knife in your pocket why am I holding you (laughs) so we throw him back And the whole time, the little guy, Louie, Huey and Louie, Louie's doing one of these, he could have been out of a 1940s gangster movie. He's like, yeah, man, what are you gonna do, man? You can't do anything, man. You don't even know me, fool. You don't know me? What up, cuz? You don't even know me? And I'm like, "Ah." where is Jesus at this point? And I'm sitting there and people are walking by and there's a little bit of a scene and my daughter's peeking around the corner at this point and she's probably like, Dad, can you please come back? And I look at the guy and I have all these weird thoughts. I'm like, why am I here? Why are you here? And finally I said to him, I go, do you know why I'm here? (laughs) And I'm yelling, I'm talking to myself going, you're a pastor and you're getting into some kind of weird beef with these guys. And I felt incapacitated, I didn't know what to do. So finally I just go, I go, never mind. And the guy's like, yeah, that's what it's thought, man. And I go walking down the corner, I'm like, all right. So I got two tires that are flat, get the car home. Later on, three hours later, I get in the family truckster which is huge because we have seven kids so it looks like a plane. It's a big white company van almost looking thing. And I'm going on an ice cream run. What do you think of that? I'm just gonna have some ice cream. And so I go and I go pick up the ice cream at the store and who do I see walking down the street again? So I decided to be smarter this time and call the authorities. So I called the cops And I'm following these guys, and I'm like, yeah, they're turning on blah, blah, blah. And then they're over there, and she's like, okay, sir. I'm sending the cars right now. So three cars descend on Huey and Louie, and I'm a block and a half away, and I decide to park my car away from them so they couldn't get my tires again. (laughs) So I park my car, and I go walking up, and the cops have them. Flanked, and the cops are putting them in the car. They put them in separate cars. And I come walking up, and I go, I'm the guy that they, they got my tires. And they go, oh, okay. Well, n- neither one of them are copping anything. And I said, oh, okay. And um, I look in the car, and the one big guy turns around, and he looks at me like this. And I'm like, you going to kill me? But I couldn't do anything about it, so I'm like, you're not going to kill me. (laughs) So I had to give my, you're not going to kill me, look back. And I go, and I look at him, and then I see the other guy, and I go, why don't you guys try and get the little guy to flip? And so they get the little guy, and he admits it. And so they go, well, what do you want us to do? And I go, you know what? Because I've been praying at this point, as I've been walking up, I'm thinking, what's going on here, Lord? Why am I in this with these guys? I said, I don't want to charge them with anything. I said, but would you guys mind putting them up on the fence? I just want to talk to them. But you guys got to flank me. (laughs) That means side by side if you don't know what flank means. And so they put Huey and Louie (laughs) up on the fence. And I said, you don't know who you are. I said, you're a wannabe crip. You think you're somebody that you're not. And the guy looks at me, and he starts to clue in on me. And I said, you know what? I don't want to fight with you. I don't have any beef with you. And I knew some of the guys that they knew, and I said some other guys' names in the neighborhood, and I said, I don't have beef with blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I came here to serve this neighborhood, and I totally forgot about that. And I said, but I'm so much like you. I said, I'm like you. I have been completely trespassing and going against God and completely offending and in beef with God. And I said, and he completely let me off the hook. And tonight you're not going down to the station with these guys because I'm going to let you off the hook because I was let off the hook there's no way that I could condemn you for what you did when I do those things as well. And I'm not looking to, to beef with you. And I said, if you guys want to have any kind of change, I would love to talk to you about who Jesus Christ is. That's why I'm here. And when I was yelling at you earlier, saying, why am I here? That's why I'm here, is to tell you about Jesus Christ and to tell you that he can change your life. And it's intimidating to have a six, seven person towering over you as you tell them about Jesus and you're not exactly sure how they're taking it. And I said, but if you guys want any kind of change in your life, then go over there. And I pointed and three blocks away, our church had opened a cafe. And we used to just serve hundreds of people every week. And I said, you go over there tomorrow. I said, tomorrow you're free, and tomorrow I want you to find out who you really are. You're not a wannabe, you're somebody. And I said, if you're a real man, you'll come and check that out tomorrow. And I I thought, I think I'm done. And they stood there, and the lights are on behind us. It's kind of loud in the neighborhood. This chain link fence and this garage, Letson garage, right across from Vinnie's Pizza. And I turned and I heard God tell me who I was. I was his son and those were his sons as well. And I turned and I walked away and I was about 12 feet away from them when I heard one of the cops say this to them. You know what that was? That was effing grace. That's grace. He let you off the hook. That was fudging grace. (laughs) And I just walked away, not believing my ears. And they showed up the next day. And I don't get to tell you like last night's story that they came to Christ, but I believe that they're in the process of understanding and finding out who they are, just like us. And one of them worked in that cafe for a while. Here's what I want you to hear. Last night when we talked so much about you coming to life Did you ever ask yourself, why? Why did God save you? Why you? Ephesians two, the scripture says, because God has immeasurable riches called grace. That cop was right, it was grace. This is an important concept for you to hear, that God receives us as we are, not as we should be. And as I reflected back today on some of the conversations I had with you, some of you were struggling deeply with where you were at in the process of being transformed by God. And I want to remind you that God has grace for you. And you know what that means? That means that God's going like this to you no matter how dirty you are. Remember Caesar said that the story is creation. God is the God of creation. And two, God is still the God of the fallen. Do you hear me? Have I lost you? That's what God says. He says, no, I'm seeking after you. I chased those guys in the wrong way and shook them. God has sought us out and he has brought us to the truth and brought us to life. And here is why, because he has immeasurable grace. He has a place for you at the table. Not that you deserve it, not that you can earn it, but that you can relax and have rest in his grace. Do you understand what I'm saying? People who flip God off, yell at God, have all of their sins, find their identities and everything else, he has a place for them, you. God has taken us from death to life. Now what? God has identity for you in Christ Jesus. There's a million things I could tell you tonight. I could say all of these things, because certainly you now, because you have been saved by grace, are grace children. You're a grace child. And there's roles that God will put you on. You will be on mission. Like Dango said, I'm a missionary. That's an identity that he has because of the gospel, because Jesus died for his sins. There's so much to do in the kingdom. There's so many beautiful identities you have, but I want you to hear two things tonight. One, I want to stress that grace is how you were saved. You did nothing. God decided to drop all charges. In fact, he dropped them all and put them all on his son. And he paid our debt. It's by grace. Don't try and earn it, don't try and make up your identity, even in the kingdom, even in the church, even in the youth group. Don't try and be something that God has not called you to be. But the first thing I want you guys to know is that you are in Christ Jesus. And that's hard for us to wrap our heads around, isn't it? I'm in Christ Jesus? What does that look like? Go to Colossians 2. Go to verse 6, because I want to talk just a little bit about being in Christ Jesus. There's no greater identity that you can have than to be in Christ Jesus. If you think about John 15, he's saying, there's this abiding love. I'm the vine and you're the branches. Do you see how we're connected together? Have you guys ever heard about the aspen trees, the aspen groves in Colorado? You see all of these trees And each one's a little bit different, but they look a lot alike. And there they are, almost a community of trees. Did you know that at the root system of those trees, that they're all interconnected and that they have the same DNA? It is almost as though you're looking at the same tree over and over again because it has the same DNA and underneath the ground, they're all interconnected. They're one organism. It looks as though they're all separate, but they're one. This is what Jesus Christ is to us. He is our rooting. He is our building up. He is the DNA. The gospel is the DNA to our identity. From Him, everything else grows. And we have a place in that. We look very unique But at the heart and in the root down that this Colossians piece is talking about is that we have the same DNA and it's being hidden and being built up in Jesus Christ. That's amazing. Not only are we alive in Christ, that Christ redeemed us, but our Redeemer we get to live in. We're hidden in Him. And so wouldn't it be who of us to find out who is this Christ? We must be studying our Bibles. I heard Dango say, you guys should be reading your Bibles. Read your word because Jesus is the manifestation of that word. Find out who you are because the one, your maker, your Lord Jesus Christ, the one who took you from death to life, you are now hidden in him. Your your identification, your DNA is in him. The more you learn about Jesus Christ, now take a note, The more you begin to know and relate with Jesus Christ, the more you will know about yourself if you are truly in him and him in you. And so here's what Colossians says, is a twister. Therefore, therefore, because you were dead and you were a trespasser, you were a low down, good for nothing, gravy sucking pig, because you were that, and God went, 'Mm, you can sneak around me, I got grace, you stinky one. Let's clean you up. You can be confident before me in Jesus Christ. Therefore, because of that, because you are now alive, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Let's read that again. I want you to listen. In fact, will you close your eyes? Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Jesus, you are my Lord. I've received you. What did I receive in your Lordship? I've received your supreme nature, your authority, who you are. I'm receiving who you are. I'm understanding and recognizing who you are in your lordship, that you are the visible God. And Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, Yeshua, you are salvation. I'm receiving that God saves. Christ, Jesus Christ, I'm, I acknowledge your title in my life. I acknowledge that you are the anointed Savior. I acknowledge your power that conquered the death that brought me to life. You can raise your heads. It says, I'm alive in him and we walk in him. It says, you've received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. You've received life. Let me just start to close with this. If you've received Christ, you've received life. Okay, we get that. But you know what we do? We forget the second one, it says, you've received Christ, so walk in him. And a lot of times we go like this. <laughs> I got Jesus, yeah, I received him. Tremendous, yeah, he is Lord. Messiah, yeah, hmm yeah, he is that too. Creator? Uh-huh. Supreme? Mm-hmm. Bigger than anything you know. Yeah. I can sense some of that. You know, at the end of that, those, those, just those two verses, it says, and uh, abounding in thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I feel pretty thankful for that at times. It's nice. I've, yeah. Did I tell you I received Christ, that I was baptized on October 12th? Uh-huh, it's, it's like my real birthday, my youth pastor says. We're going to celebrate it. You guys want to have cupcakes? <laughs> no, seriously. It's like my birthday. I received Christ. But this scripture says, and I walk in him. This scripture says there's something active going on. My identity, I've received, but I'm walking it out. In fact, I think there's a link there between, if you walk your faith out, if you receive and, and, and start to root down and the foundation, the cornerstone is Jesus and the apostles that went before us is the foundation and we're these beams and this dwelling place and this temple of God, and all of a sudden we start walking that out, you're gonna be more and more stoked. You know how many Christians I see go, yeah, I've received Christ. Oh, really? But they're not walking it out. Therefore, they're not stoked. You know what stoked means? It means you're stoked. It means you're like, yeah, yeah. Stoked means stoked. You knew it over there. They got it. Stoked. I don't just sit around and go, hey, I'm going to go to heaven someday. In the meantime, my identity will come through all of these other things. No, I've received Christ Jesus, my Lord, the Messiah, the Christ, the one who took the sting from death, that there is no sting for me took it all on the cross for me, I'm not going to just sit around. I'm going to walk this out. I want to understand the power of resurrection. I want to know what else the gospel has for me. If this is my identity, I want to root down in Jesus. Tell me more about Jesus, Christian. And when you follow a Christian, and you, when you follow Christ, and you follow Christ, and you follow Christ, and we start to talk about that, and we start to hear about that, and we start to read about that, then you're going to grow in that strength. Like those aspen trees, right? But here's the deal, and let's not lie here. Grace, God says, I got grace for you. The dirty little secret. Sometimes we don't think grace is very powerful. We just take it as cheap. We're like, yeah, I'm kind of a dirty dog sometimes, but I still show up and I got Jesus and I received him and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is I received him and then I walked the way I want to walk. You know what that's called? Hypocrisy. That's not people who are walking out the identity that they have in Christ. You know what? I saw a picture years ago of these South American dudes in like this big jungle. And this may be a little offensive to you, so just put your seatbelt on and settle in. Here's the deal the picture is this. So I'm just telling you the truth, okay? You can come across this picture. I'm just prepping all of you. But the deal is, is this I looked at this picture, and these guys are standing here like this, with their legs like this. And they're like, and they, some of them have teeth and some don't, and they're like, and you look down the picture, and you're like, wow, dude's got a weird haircut, like actually a bull, and then cut the hair, and you're like, okay, well, it's another culture, and he's got big old things, which is very Portland culture. He's got like bones coming out of his ears, and they're killer. He's got like 54 gauge, and you're like, okay, that's cool. You're like, cool, dude, and he's got, you know, maybe even some tattoos, and you're going down his body, and all of a sudden, you get down in this area. And in this area, the dude's Gucci sack is 25 pounds okay just listen up this all this will land i know you're uncomfortable it's okay that's why i put it like a designer name to it okay so down here is a watermelon and he's smiling like this and then with a picture like that you'd better find out what's going on so i start to read and you look at the picture and you're like oh yeah oh yeah and then you read and here's the story The story is this tribe of guys all have a hernia and their guts have gone through the internal netting that keeps your guts in place and it fell into the Gucci area. And they're smiling. And how does this happen? Because they put one foot over here on this tree. They put one foot over there and they climb like that between these two trees to get what they want. And it splits them right up the middle. And we do that. We have spiritual hernias. We walk around all silly spiritually, to be honest with you. We walk around like this because it's like, yeah, I got one foot over there. That's where I'm trying to have my worldly identity. And I got one foot here and I'm just standing and I received Christ, but I'm not really fully walking the way that Jesus intended me to. I'm split right down the middle. I bet you'll never forget that. (laughs) Okay, everybody take a deep breath. We made it through that story. Feels like therapy. Okay, listen, before you all start talking that you may have seen the picture, People are like, oh yeah, I saw that picture. That was crazy. That was gnarly, man. I couldn't believe that. And he said Gucci sack. Okay, here's the deal. (laughs) Romans 5. Romans 5.17 says, For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that man much more Will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. We're not to be split people, split personalities. We're not to be making split decisions and going after what we want and all the while it splits our being. Not if you have the righteousness of Jesus Christ in your life. Not if you have the fullness of God in your life. Not if you have this grace where God continues to let you walk this out. I say to you today, let God lead you in your identity. Stop fiending for everything and everything that is trying to tell you who you are. Let God tell you who you are. Stop having one foot over here and one foot over there. It's disgusting. It's, it's, you are missing out on what you can receive in Christ Jesus. You heard my testimony yesterday. I accepted Christ when I was 16. At 18, I was a total fool. Walking nothing out. The power of Jesus Christ is not to only bring you alive, but he will transform and change your life. And you will find that he is enough. Jesus Christ is enough for your identity to be in. And once you start to walk it out, you'll be more than thrilled at the grace that's been expended to you. And when you start walking it out and you make mistakes here and there, and you do, and you fall back into sin, you'll find that grace amazing. Would it be wrong to tell you that God loves you just as you are? Keep your heads and your hearts, your hands open to what he is going to say to you as he shapes you throughout this week. I know some of you, I know that some of you are coming to Christ for the very first time. Continue to follow and let God tell you who you are. Love you.